This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 121. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, the man with the best voiceover talent doing the intros for his show ever, Pat Flynn. Thanks, buddy. You're the bum. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and, and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use. And one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're, they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. No, you're the bomb because you could say bomb like that. And because you're awesome. I wish I could say bomb like that. Everybody, that's my voice talent, John Melly. You can find him at johnmelly.com. He didn't pay for this ad spot. I just wanted to give him a shout out because he's awesome. Thank you, John, for everything that you've done for the show since day one. Everybody, welcome to session 121 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today and spending a little bit of time out of your day with me and our special guest today, Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charm. And the really interesting thing about this episode in particular was I wanted to invite Jordan on the show because he's doing some amazing stuff with his business. He's created an amazing business model in terms of integrating a podcast and with courses, like actual live courses with online courses integrated with that as well. And I wanted to get him on the show to talk about how he's become so successful. And it's interesting, you'll notice that we actually never get into that. <laughs> and based on the title of this session, which you've probably seen on iTunes or wherever you've played this, uh, we're actually not talking about his business model. We are talking about networking because that's sort of what he teaches he teaches relationship building specifically his classes are primarily for men looking to build confidence you know you know not just the whole dating thing but actually to become a better person a better man uh, that's the whole art of charm thing and uh, you know we, I, I asked him a few questions at the beginning of the interview as you'll as you'll hear about 
how we, how we could become our better selves in terms of you know putting ourselves out there, making a great first impression, having people remember who we are, having people come back to us for more, those types of things. Because there's nothing more important, I believe, nothing that could help you get a quicker start, nothing that could help you succeed more than creating the right connections with other people in this world. Seriously, I wouldn't be here without the people that I've connected with along this journey. And you can never do this alone. And so if you understand how to better connect and network with people, that will give you such a huge edge. So don't take this stuff lightly. This is extremely important information that's gonna help you with your business and make you more happy in life. I, I talk about a lot of experiences I've had when having issues with networking and just getting over that fear when meeting new people. And I do actually add a lot to the conversation in terms of tips based on a number of books that I've been reading lately too. So look out for that. Here we go. This is the interview with Jordan Harbinger, again from theartofcharm.com. Hey, what's up, Jordan? Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. How are you? Hey, man. Glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. It's kind of cool being on the show, on a show that you listen to. You know, it's always fun. So Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and I want to thank you because you had me on yours, too. We had a great interview, and I'm sure this is going to be great as well. Yeah, I hope. Well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be good. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are. How'd you get started with what you do? Sure. So I am essentially, I mean, it's so weird. I don't know what my job title should be. Essentially, you know, we started off as dating and charisma coaches, but realized soon after that, that it just goes far beyond that. And basically we have a school in LA and a podcast at the Art of Charm that teaches people how to be confident, put their best foot forward. And we essentially teach emotional intelligence in a systemized fashion so that anybody can learn it and master it and turn confidence into a learnable skill. And of course, on the show, we have different people talking about everything from how to set up your lifestyle so that you don't have to be consumed with stress and work. And that's some of the stuff that you and I talked about, all the way down to biohacking or dating skills or confidence skills, body language, how to read other people, persuasion, influence. And um, the reason I got interested in all that is because I graduated from undergrad. I promptly applied for a job at Best Buy and found out that just to try to repair computers... And by the way, I went to the University of Michigan, which is like a good school. So theoretically, I should have had a job waiting for me because that was the promise of college back in my day mm. and, and probably still is. And they were like, yeah, you've got to work and sell CDs for a couple of years before you can repair computers. And I was like, let me get this straight. I studied three languages and political science and accounting and all that stuff. And in order to blow dust off someone else's keyboard, I have to sell like they might be giants albums or whatever for three <laughs> yes. years. And, and I just couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I just, I just was in total despair and shock. And so I did what a lot of people do. And I, was, I went to grad school and I went to law school also at the University of Michigan. And I got a job by working my butt off and networking my butt off on Wall Street. And my, my mentor there, who is basically Wall Street mentorism, mentor, is, mentoring, is essentially a guy that HR makes take you to coffee like once a quarter and then you get to ask him questions theoretically. Uh -huh. And they're just so bored and they're checking their BlackBerry the whole time because they have work to do. Well, my mentor showed up. He was never in the office. And there was this rumor that he made more money than all the other partners. And he was never, in, he was never there. And he was, a, he was a Jewish guy from Brooklyn with a great tan. And that doesn't add up, right? So I t finally go to coffee with him. He goes, ask me anything. And I'm sure he thought I was going to say something like, how do real estate, you know, mortgage-backed securities work and blah, blah, blah. And instead I said, how come everyone says you get paid more, but you're never in the office? And he took a deep breath and a sip of Starbucks and went, well, 
truth be told, all those other lawyers that you see there at one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night working their butt off are totally replaceable. And they're workhorses and yeah, they're valuable because of that. But anybody can learn the technical skills of being an attorney. What I'm doing is I'm going to charity events, playing golf, going to do jujitsu, schmoozing, making connections, going to Shabbat dinners with neighbors of neighbors of friends of friends of friends and hustling business for the firm. And it's a lot more important. And he goes, that's why I don't have to show up. I can work from wherever. I'm not going to get fired because if I do, I'll take my client book with me and everybody knows that. And I'm worth a lot more than than an hourly wage because I'm the one making the connections. And, and it just sort of changed my whole, the way I look at work and uh, consequently my life because I thought, wait a second. So you're telling me that all these technical skills that I'm just racking my brain over and that I theor- theoretically went to law school for three years to learn is kind of something that I'm going to pick up along the way or not, but is also secondary to it, hanging out with people and getting them to like you. And he was kind of like, pretty much. So I thought, wait a minute. All right. If there's a skill that I have that other people don't have, it's it may be a people skill thing, but at least it was more interesting. And I thought definitely the guys that were like the introverts that sat in closets reading legal books all day, those guys were never going to be able to pick up the networking and what we called rainmaking aspect of the business. So I knew that 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 was kind of like my secret weapon. That was like the and I wish I could come up with a cool sports analogy, but that was like my fastball, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody else could do it. It was going to be like, if I was going to succeed at that firm, I knew I had to be, wait for the 90s reference, Nolan Ryan of, yes, you know. my favorite baseball player. Is it really? Yeah, I have his nice. autograph. <laughs> He's like one of the only baseball players I even know that didn't play for the Tigers. So, <laughs> um, so I knew that I had to have that, that skill, that unique skill that no one had. And so I spent all of my time and resources even when other people were busy studying for the bar exam, I would be out trying to network, develop connections for no real purpose other than practicing doing that. And it was working. And I looked up every networking book and I took classes on networking and influence and persuasion. And most of it was garbage. And so I learned a lot through trial and error and just really kind of inventing my own system for creating relationships and then managing them at a really young age well, at least younger than the 30s and 40s that most of most of us are in now when we start to think about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that got me much further ahead. And I ended up getting another Wall Street job purely based on networking connections. I ended up getting kept around for longer. I ended up with tons of freedom at work. I was able to do my satellite radio show and start the Art of Charm while I was working on Wall Street. And, and it was just kind of all due to the fact that I could get people to like and trust me. And I wasn't abusing that to be clear, but it was just really, really good leverage, you know, and Mm -hmm. I could always kind of get what I needed and what I wanted. And that was a really powerful skill set that now is what we teach at the Art of Charm. Sure. I think we could all hear it in your voice, just kind of charisma that you have. You're well-spoken. You're very easy to listen to and obviously very easy to get along with. I think a lot of people don't realize how important relationship building is just in their lives. You know, we always focus on the technical stuff, like you were saying earlier, like all those other guys. But I'm, it's really cool that you found what, what we talk about here on SPI often is, is your unfair advantage. Like that one thing that you know you're good at that you should just use to your advantage. And if you don't know or if you if you know you should be good at it and you, you could do what you can to improve. So um, I'm curious, like what? what just give us a quick lesson, if you will, for for those of us who, you know, now understand the importance of relationships. How can we better network, I guess you could say? Sure. I mean, it all comes down to, and it, there's a lot of guys that are really good at this stuff. Like um, my friend, John Corcoran's really good at it. 
Um, even guys who are just like guys like yourself who just run businesses, especially if we work from home, we, we tend to be either really good at it or really bad at it because good at it out of necessity, bad at it out of the fact that we're alone in our, our place 24 <laughs> seven with nobody else around. And, uh, and when we're not, we're with our families. Right. So, um, it's really, it's really an interesting sort of skill set. And so starting from the beginning, a lot of people think I can't network or manage a network. I don't even really know how to make a great first impression. And then there's other people listening right now that go, I make great first impressions. I don't need this. And you and I both know that the people who say that are probably the people that need it the most because mm-hmm. their, their lack of self-awareness is actually what annoys everyone about them. <laughs> and so becoming more self-aware is kind of a process of being open-minded to new things, being getting people comfortable enough around you to get feedback from them and asking for feedback and then not reacting like a crazed chimpanzee when they give you honest feedback, which was tough for me for a really long time. And getting honest reflection from people is really powerful because you might go up to your assistant and go, no, really, tell me, you know, are people intimidated by me? Are people afraid to tell me what they think? And if she goes, um no, then the answer is yes, right? So the the trick is to really try to chill out, cultivate an air of trust around you, around people that already know you so that you can get honest feedback. And that's going to take you pretty far. Other elements, at least in the beginning, other elements of getting natural charisma and having making great first impressions are just really becoming masters of the fundamentals. And sort of where I start with that, it depends heavily on if, if guys are coming to our school in LA, that will depend heavily on what they come in with, levels of insecurity, goals that they have. But one sort of universal mistake that I see a lot of people making is they think or they mistakenly think that their first impression is made when they want it to be made. And so what I mean by that is you and I might be at a cocktail party or something like that talking or some sort of event talking to each other. And we noticed some guy kind of like lurking around us and walking around. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but it happens to me a bit as well. And I find it kind of disconcerting, even though I understand it. And then there's people like kind of hanging on the outskirts of the conversation or, you know, asking other people for introductions to me instead of talking to me directly. And it's a little bit weird, although I totally get it. And the thing is, then eventually they might have a drink or get an introduction and they come up and I'm like, oh, that's that person you're that person that's been sort of hovering around. And that's not a great first impression because it's very non, it's very unconfident and it's not very charismatic. And it also shows kind of a lack of awareness, which isn't a great first impression. Of course, that person thinks, all right, my first impression is this. Here's my in. I've got somebody else. And here's the in in the conversation. And, and men do it with women a lot too. They'll be like walking around the bar waiting until their three shots kick in and then they'll walk up to the girl when her friend's in the bathroom and she's texting or checking Facebook and then it's like, hey, what are you drinking? And she's like, ew, go away. And the reason isn't because you're gross and you said the wrong thing. The reason is because your first impression was made 20 minutes ago when you walked in the door with your hands in your pockets, looking at the floor, pretending to watch the basketball game, had four shots of Jägermeister and then decided to stumble over there half an hour later, you know, that was your first impression. And so it's always basically when you're a blip on their radar, that's when your first impression is made. Not when you want to be, not when you want to be seen or discovered or heard, but when they see you, when you're a blip on their radar. And so essentially for most of us, that's right when you walk in the room is the earliest that that can happen. 
Um, and, you know, we've all seen those weird sitcoms or movie scenes where the guy's outside and, like, steals someone's parking spot. And the guy's like, hey, that was mine. And he's like, screw you. And then walks into the venue, and that's the guy he needs to impress. It's like the guy mm-hmm. whose spot he stole or whose coffee he dumped on him on his way in, right? Yeah. And so a trick that we'll give is is just, well, let me back up the truck. It's all about nonverbal communication because if you can't, if your first impression is made not when you're talking to people and if you can't talk to them directly at first, it's all about the way that you appear. And so we work on body language, eye contact and things like that. And I can give some drills based on that if, if you guys are interested. Sure. I mean, to, to kind of play off of that, I mean, I remember when I got uh, some great advice from a man named Antonio from realmenrealstyle.com. And he actually, I had apparently had helped him with uh, an ebook through my ebook, ebooks the smart way, which you can get at ebooksthesmartway.com. He downloaded that. He created his own ebook, and it was downloaded over a hundred thousand times. And to thank me, he created this twenty-minute video because he's sort of an expert in men's fashion, all about the types of clothing and things that would look good specifically for my body type. And a, I was just completely blown away by how awesome that was and how much education I learned. But B, putting that stuff into practice because he knew I was going to conferences and you know he, he understood exactly what you said, the power of the first impression. After I started dressing nicely and go to the, going to conferences, I started becoming, I, I started getting treated differently. I started actually feeling more confident as well. And, um, you know, I think that played a huge role in, you know, my eventual performance on stage when I was up there and people were paying attention to me. Uh, it's just incredible. And, and, and we don't want to believe that first impressions are all about appearance and things like that. But it's just the honest truth that that's how it is. Um, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure you've read, um, you know, actually, uh, I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast and he had Neil Strauss on who is an author of one of my favorite books called Emergency, but he has this other book that's just a bestseller called The Game, which is about this whole pickup artist community. And I, re- I read that because I was just so interested in it, um, and, and I liked the author for, from his other book. Um, there was a lot of interesting things I picked up from that book that could definitely help with, with business relationships and networking. Of course, uh, one of the first things I learned was, you know, like you said, when you enter a room, just smile. That alone is is huge is that sort of along the same lines as, as what you're saying it kind of is yeah it's funny because it's, it's like antonio know him well love that guy super value giving neil strauss good friend we actually went to north korea together which is kind of funny oh, um yeah and neil of wrote that places. book and yeah i know of all places but i mean he's an interesting dude who likes going to interesting places that are you know gonna make for a good story and i love that book as well in fact it's one of the reasons my business is successful is because my show started before that book came out and then when it did everyone was like what? You can learn this? And then yeah, it was like yeah. our stuff just inflated like a hot air balloon. Um, and so it's funny because the, it, is, it is about that, that nonverbal communication. Smiling is one aspect of it. And so one of the drills that we give that we can sort of apply globally without seeing you first or knowing who you are first is every time you walk through a doorway, straighten up your body language. So shoulders back, chest up, chin up, smile, act like there's a light coming out of your chest when you talk with people. And that'll keep you upright and it'll also keep you engaged with people in, a, in an interested manner. And of course, we know from Dale Carnegie's old school stuff that in order to get people interested in you, you have to be interested in them, right? Mm-hmm. And how to, to, how be, to win friends and influence people for the disease. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the like original self-help slash confidence <laughs> book, right? Right, right? Where all the examples are about typewriter salesmen and Benjamin Franklin <laughs> and Dale Carnegie or uh, Andrew Carnegie. And, um, and so it's, it is, it's a great drill because here's the thing. A lot of people are going, I can't remember all that stuff when I walk into a room. It doesn't make sense. 
how am I going to do that? How am I going to walk in and, you know, just know uh, that I got to sit up straight and do that. And I, I got to be present and I can't have a conversation if I'm micromanaging all my nonverbal communication. If you spend the next two weeks or even the next two days straightening up your body language, putting on a smile, having that light coming out of your chest, et cetera, every time you walk through a doorway, and I mean in your own house, throughout your daily routine, at your office, not just when you're trying to put your A game on for some networking thing, you will build this into a habit where you don't have to think about it anymore. And that's the ideal scenario because at the end of the day, remember, your first impression is made when you're a blip on their radar. And so it doesn't matter if you're going through Starbucks at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday and you have your body language in order, then when you meet somebody that could benefit your business or a business connection or or just if you're a guy and you're single and you're looking at the cute barista, you're already set up. You don't have to go, oh, wait, I've got to remember to smile and stand up straight now. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. You've internalized it. And and that's a beautiful thing because one of the one of the principles at the Art of Charm is that the mind follows the body and the body follows the mind. So if you've got great physiology and you've got great body language, then suddenly you're feeling pretty darn good. And we've all seen those like weird self-helpy videos where they're like, put your arms up like Superman and jump up and down and say, I can do it. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But if you just have great physiology and confident body language as often as you can throughout the day, you're going to feel a heck of a lot better. And you might even start off by just getting a standing desk so that you're not sitting around hunched over all day. And I don't know if you work at a standing desk or not. I do. But it, it, can, it changed everything for me. Yeah, really huge. Uh, I'll put some resources in the show notes for where you can possibly get one up or possibly get a, a standing desk. Um, it's absolutely huge. It's actually funny you mentioned all that because I've been working with a practitioner lately for health reasons to get me on the right diet. And, you know, he's been working with me and my particular body type to get, you know, to, to my goals. And for the longest time, we had spent a lot of time and effort on posture on just, you know, straightening up and and not hunching over, you know, that's sort of where the standing desk came from, but -hmm. also a lot of stretches to make sure that I just, my head is on top of my neck, which is on top of my shoulders, which is on top, you know, and not sort of curved. That alone has helped me with energy and confidence. And I know it might not sound all weird, like if you're listening to this on the other end, but just try it for two days, like like Jordan was saying. You you will notice a difference. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. And you know, I always make these these connections between you know working out and exercise and business. Like this stuff just doesn't have it. it it's life, you know. And so I, I highly recommend trying that out. Um, so yeah. Uh, so beyond the first impression and beyond those initial things, there's obviously and, the, and and I'm sorting sort of using what I remember from reading the game here. Uh, I, I, one of the things that I have an issue with, and I, I mentioned this, I forget where I mentioned it, I think on a podcast one time, but people were very surprised by it. The fact that when I go to conferences, when I go to different events, I am still completely nervous going up to somebody I don't know and introducing myself. And there was a part in that book, I remember, it's like, I think he calls it the three second rule, where you don't even give yourself three seconds to think about what you're doing. You, you have less than three seconds. If you see somebody you want to talk to and it's sort of, they're available to have somebody come up to them. You know, you don't just want to interrupt, obviously, but you just don't think about it. You go. And what's going, What? why are we always our own worst enemy when it comes to to this? I mean, it's so important to meet new people. I mean, one relationship, one networking connection can change the course of your life, but you have to make those connections happen. What's going on in our heads there? It's true. It's, it's you, actually, you just said the key word, what's going on in our heads. And it's, we call that, being in your head. And and the problem, the worst part of it is, 
that smart people are the worst at this because we are always thinking, we're analyzing, and the more analytical your brain, the more, quote unquote, in your head you're going to be. So guys who are really smart, like Google engineers who and Yahoo guys who are kind of dictating the structure of all of the networking that goes on on the internet and NSA guys, and we, we get a lot of military intelligence and special forces at the Art of Charm. Those guys are in their head like crazy because they're smart as hell. And so they're always thinking, hmm, well, I could go up and talk to Pat Flynn, but then he's probably busy. And if he's busy and I talk to him while he's busy, he'll associate that negative interruption with me. And then he might not like me. And if he doesn't like me, he's not going to help me launch my ebook. And if he doesn't help me launch my ebook, I'm probably not going to be successful, which means my wife's going to get mad at me and she's going to make me get a regular job. And I really don't want a regular job. Oh my God, my life is going downhill. I'm never going to be successful at this. Oh my God, Pat Flynn's walking into the bathroom. I just lost my opportunity. And that's a ridiculous exaggeration, but it's not that ridiculous because to some degree that happens when you're looking at networking. It certainly happens with single guys who are looking to talk to people. It happens with women that are looking to talk to, to people as well. I mean, it's not, a, it's not something that only happens to men. It's certainly not something that only happens in romantic situations. And so what we called the two snaps rule that later became the three second rule in that book is that you don't give yourself enough time to talk yourself out of it because we're rationalizing not going up and making that introduction because some negative, nebulously negative consequence or vague negative consequence might occur. And so that causes us to feel fear of rejection, which is ridiculous because worst case scenario, someone walks up to you and you go, you know what, actually give me a second. I'm in the middle of something. And they go, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'll catch up with you in a few minutes. And then you will probably go talk to that person later and it's no big deal. And you'd probably forget that they interrupted in the first place. In the other, in the other situation though, we're going in our head and we're going, this terrible thing is a potential result of this going horribly wrong. And even though the chances of that are one in a thousand, I'm just going to only focus on that potential negative result and then worry about that to the point where it makes me completely unable to act. And, and in the military, they call it paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it happens outside of the military. It happens in business. And you're right. Those networking connections can make or break you. And I, I know that you know this, and it's great for your audience to know this. The most networked people that I know, they make so much money and there's so much business coming their way that they're slammed with opportunities. And their biggest problem is figuring out which one is going to pan out the best for them because time becomes the limiting factor. And I, I don't know if you know Jason Gaynard, but he's mm -hmm. super well-connected. He's a great guy and he runs uh, some really awesome private networking events. And he was in massive debt. I had him on my show before. He's in massive debt, like a quarter million bucks, which to a lot of people sounds like an insurmountable bankruptcy incurring number. And he popped out of it in a few months just by asking his network for business opportunities. And he got people just giving him like $84,000 to run events. And he pulled himself out of the hole so fast. He didn't even, he, even he didn't really understand how it happened so quickly. And that was purely because of his network and his ability to create relationships with other people. And I don't know, and feel free to correct me here, Pat, if you think I'm, I'm missing something, but I don't know anybody who's successful in business that is terrible at maintain, at building and maintaining relationships. There's probably an example here and there, but I don't know anybody firsthand. No, you're absolutely right. It's, I mean, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. You cannot 
do this alone. You cannot be alone if you want to become a successful entrepreneur. And so you have to reach out. You have to to get out of your comfort zone. And and a lot of these rules and things that we're talking about, strategies, I guess, if you could say, in terms of relationship building, do help and all around, not just for, you know, obviously dating and things like that, but for networking and life and uh, business. I mean, I remember as far as, uh, you know, the uh, paralysis by analysis thing, I remember when I first started public speaking. I remember that first presentation I had in Chicago in 2011 at the Financial Blogger Conference. This is what was going through my head. I imagined myself going on stage. I imagined myself forgetting what I was going to say. And then I imagined tomatoes flying at me (laughs) and then slipping on the tomatoes and falling and like breaking my nose and then running off stage and then waking up naked in a ditch somewhere. Like that, those were my actual thoughts in my head. And I was right. I was getting sick, and it's so like it sounds so ridiculous and stupid when I think about it. But that's what was going through my head, and that's what goes through our heads when we do something new, when we are at all scared of, of what the outcome might be. Um, and this is what happens when we go up to people. This is exactly why I never asked a girl out in high school because this is this. I imagine these types of things happening. Um, so it's really cool that, that we're on here. And it's so funny because Jordan, right before we got on the call, we're like, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, maybe a little bit about, you know, relationship building, but then I want to get into your business and, and how you run Art of Charm. Um, I really want to keep focusing on this because this is extremely important, I think. Is that okay? Yeah, totally. Totally fine. Okay. It's what I teach for a living. So I'm all <laughs> about it. This is easy part. I do want to get into a little bit of the Art, art of Charm because you guys are doing tremendously well. And I want to talk about exactly how, how you guys made that happen. But I think maybe the last thing we could talk about, oh, and Sorry, before I have some notes here, um, I do want to mention that for those of you who remember, Lewis House was on the show a couple times from the School of Greatness. He talked about in his episode, his first one that he was on, just how important and 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 uh, the relationships were for for his success as well. You know, he's an ex football player, got injured, and the way he came out of that was through building relationships. And I, I think anybody who knows Lewis now is just, you know, he's like the most huggable, large teddy bear in the world. You know, that kind that yeah. kind of thing. And he's he's a good friend of mine. It's funny because he came to my office once just to like hang out for some reason. I think we we're going to eat dinner. We had some time to kill. And he's like, oh, what's on the board? And it was the interaction map that we use to show how to create a like rapport with people and where you can go in your relationships to create trust and connection. And he was like, teach me all of this right now. So we're like <laughs> late for dinner because I'm trying to program his brain with Art of Charm stuff. And he goes out and just like, he texted me like three days later, I'm at a conference and I'm using this stuff. It's it's amazing. And I'm like, I didn't invent human interaction, but I'm happy to take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's cool. Okay, so we're at a point now, so we're sort of going on this journey. We understand about first impressions. We've made the decision to go up to somebody and talk to them. Then the question is, okay, what, what do I say? Sure. So it really, the the funniest part is guys obsess over this when it comes to dating stuff. People obsess over this when it comes to creating connection. But the truth is, it doesn't matter that much at all. And if we're going from a networking perspective, it matters even less. And one of the sort of tricks that I, and this is, it's so lame to use the word trick because it's the most obvious thing you could possibly do, is walking up and introducing yourself and asking people what their name is. Because the thing is, it disarms a lot of people, except for the most egotistical of us who think, oh, he should already know who I am. Mm -hmm. So if you do know who they are, feel free to say, hey, Pat, my name is Jordan Harbinger. And if you already know who I am, then great, we're at a a nice place. If you don't know me, then I just introduced myself. And if I don't know your name and I say, hi, my name's Jordan Harbinger, you look really familiar. Have we met before? Even if it's kind of BS, it really opens the way 
for someone to introduce himself. It's really easy. And here's the beautiful part of it. And everyone's going, I don't care. I can introduce myself. What kind of advice is this? The, the reason that it's important is because even if I'm talking with somebody else and someone goes, hey, you look really familiar. Have we met before? It's so much less rude than them like bursting into an existing conversation and going, hey, my name's Jordan. Nice to meet you. Because that seems kind of used car salesy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if somebody goes, oh, you look familiar. It's almost like, oh, haven't we met before? Don't I know you from somewhere? And it's totally naturally spontaneous. And so it doesn't matter if I'm interrupting something. It's such, it's so forgivable because someone's introducing themselves. They're putting themselves out there on a limb. It's a little bit more relatable than them wanting something from you. And it's such a, it's a little hack that I've tested a ton because to get a busy speaker's attention when he's talking with five people can be next to impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if you're just waiting for your opportunity, you might be one of those schmoes standing in line waiting to talk to somebody. Not a good place to be. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you say. Introduce yourself. And if you've met that person before, you're at a networking event. It's okay to forget a name. It's, it's not the end of the world. People obsess over these mnemonic devices. Yes, you should remember people you've met a few times. It doesn't really matter if someone's space is on a name. People who get offended by that typically have kind of an ego thing going on that you don't really need to make your problem, in my opinion. Right. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there listening to this, most likely, who have no trouble with this stuff. Um, right. But I do. And I know a lot of people out there listening do have trouble, you know, starting these conversations. And I think the point here is just just start. Because <laughs> I know that when I'm in networking situations and with other groups of people who I don't know, um, I just well, I, I'm comfortable once I start. You know, it's just the whole getting started part that is tricky for me. Yeah. And, and I totally get that. And you know, the reason I think I mentioned before, we get a lot of intelligence services people in here. Those are not people that have trouble starting conversations. Those are people that start conversations and develop connections because their lives literally depend on it and because it's their entire job. The reason they come to the Art of Charm is because we don't just teach you how to open your mouth, but we teach you how to generate the trust and rapport. So for people that are listening that are like, "Ah, I don't need this, know how to start a conversation, I totally get that. We would then work with those people to hone in all right, we want to make you really naturally charismatic. We want to get rid of some of the little flavels that might be turning people off that you've never gotten feedback about. We might want to teach you how to calibrate because someone like me who started off as an introvert and then went to like really energetic to try to kind of overcompensate for that, Mm -hmm. that was turning a lot of people off. And so I had to dial it down. And now I'm at a level that I think was probably my quote unquote natural energy level where I'm not overcompensating by being too loud and also not crawling in my shell because I don't want to disturb anybody or be too too loud or, you know, bug people with my presence. And so we would ca- work with those people to calibrate that and get people to like and trust them a little bit more because, a lot again, a lot of the people who think, I have no trouble with this. Sure, you have no trouble starting conversations, but what do people really think about you? And that's almost impossible to know. And so one of the benefits of coaching either with the Art of Charm or with anybody else who can give you trained feedback is really honest feedback and also constructive criticism to work out some of the flavors. Because you'll get a guy who's a CEO of a company and he goes, I'm pretty sure my employees love me, but you know, I decided to come here and hone it anyway. And then they go back to work and it's like they'll call a month later and go, turns out a lot of people are really impressed by the changes that I've got. I didn't know I was so abrasive. I didn't know I was intimidating my staff. And now they're comfortable telling me all these problems that they're having, which for a CEO 
or any executive is the best thing possible. If your employees are tell you, afraid to tell you what's wrong, you're in trouble because you're going to hit that wall without any warning, right? Yeah. And, and so we work a lot on that stuff. And it's not just, you know, here's how you start a conversation. Body language, nonverbal communication is, is great for first impressions. But like you said, there's tons of people listening who go, meh, I don't, I'm good. I don't need that. This is great stuff. Any any final thoughts on on networking? Any maybe one last sort of the eighty twenty type of tip for everybody out there who you know we're we're I mean I, at least I am getting into conference season very soon. I'm going to be going into a conference in August, in September, October, and November. So for somebody who's brand new to all the conference stuff, um, what's the best tip that you have? Sure. Um, for me, there's a couple. There's one golden rule and one actual tactical tip that I'll give and. The golden rule is it's one of the mottos of the art of charm is essentially leave everyone better than you found them. So for example, say you just gave a, a talk and someone's coming up to you and you're like, I've got to pee. I can't sit here and talk to this person. You, you might say, hey, listen, Jordan, I would love to talk to you. But honestly, I've really got to go to the bathroom and I might forget to catch up with you later. Just email me or hit me up later and we'll reconnect. That type of honesty, that type of relatability is so much better than hang on, I'll get back with you or excuse me and then darting the other way because the thing is, again, everyone's in their head, right? So if you left a conversation abruptly because you had to pee, that person goes, oh, Pat Flynn's a freaking diva, doesn't want to talk to me. All right, Mr. Important. Or they're I going, just, I just got oh, small I did bladder, that wrong. Yeah, I know, right? Me too. <laughs> or they go, oh, I did that. I did something wrong or he doesn't think I'm important enough or I'm not important enough to talk to someone like him. Never mind. I mean, you get those mindsets in there. The, that water works its way into the cracks of your brain and freezes, and they're they're all in their head. So leave everyone better than you found them. Is even if that just means smiling at people when you're having a bad day, because if you continue to build that as a habit, if you're smiling at the barista where you get your coffee in the morning, talking to your neighbors in the elevator, even though you don't feel like it, on the day when you have an off day those people are going to start to reflect that stuff back to you and they're going to bring you right out of your rut because you're going to go get coffee with your eyes half closed and the barista whose day you make every morning is going to go, hey, Pat, how are you? And you're going to go, oh, you know what? I feel pretty good. Everybody, everybody's bringing me some good vibes today. Yeah. And that's, that's a great place to be. And that might be a little bit woo-woo, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with a, an actual tactic. And <laughs> that is that when you're networking, when you're meeting new people, especially if you've got a memory like mine and or you are meeting just hundreds of people or just dozens at one time, systemize it. Don't be the guy who like keeps a stack of business cards in his wallet and goes, who the heck was this? Systemize it. There's software called Contactually, or if you're already using a CRM like Zoho or Salesforce, have your assistant or do it yourself. Enter all of the people where you met them, their email and phone number, even if you never plan on calling them again. Reason being, you're going to start to see how the web works. So you might meet someone three years later, type their email into your CRM, and oh my God, I met this person at another conference a few years ago. And if you're entering it every night or during lunches or breaks when you can, you're going to start to say, oh yeah, that's actually, that guy is the guy that runs that thing that I wanted to follow up with. And I didn't even put that together because all I see was his name. He's just a guy that was sitting next to you at lunch with 10 other people. You'll start to realize, oh, okay, this is somebody who knows this other person who knows this other person. I wanted a connection to some third party. You can get it from the five people you just met. And that's why things like LinkedIn, those the good CRMs will interface with things like LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera. And you can see how you're connected to those people. And that's a really powerful thing to create because then basically you kind of have a private LinkedIn or a private personal network 
that you can use to create introductions. It's like what LinkedIn was invented for until it became like Facebook 2.0, which is what it is now. And that stuff is extremely powerful because people think, oh, I'm not going to create so many connections that I need a system for it. But the problem is once you go, man, I need a system for this, it's too late because you've got three zillion people in your brain. You don't know where they came from. You don't have their information. It's in a stack of cards on your desk that's essentially useless and you might as well chuck it out because there's no way you're going to keep it all straight. And the rationalization for not doing this is if people are important enough, I'll remember them. And it's just not true. It's really not, not, not the case at all. And people who are awesome at networking, they make these introductions, they have systems, and even the way that they introduce other people are put through these systems and they're amazing. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, John Cochran, who is the one who introduced us, I would say. I think that that might actually be true. It's either him and or Chris Ducker. Yeah, what those both of those people are super connected and uh, you know, are doing really well because of it. Yeah, and surprise surprise, when I was like, "Oh, you know, they said who do we want to meet?" and I was like, "Uh, here's a list of people that I'm really keen on talking to and you're probably one of the names on that list." And they were, like, "Oh, I know him." I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I do remember that, you know, getting an introduction was a beautiful way to do it because I could have emailed you and ended up in the like ask Pat queue with 10,000 other emails <laughs> and that you'd probably be getting back to me now instead of three months ago or whatever it was, right? No, a trusted friend told me that we should meet, you know, in that email or said, hey, there's this guy named Jordan, you should check him out. Of course, I'm going to pay more attention to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I trust the other guy already. So. Oh, I, I really want to leave one more short tactic for making introductions. Can I do that? Oh, it's no, please, be super please. Fast. No, this is good. Okay, so one of the things that I learned from Jason Gaynard, who is also an awesome connector, and uh, I, I think I made him talk about this on, on my show as well. He does this. I do this now. I think it's amazing. Um, and everybody probably knows what SoundCloud is. It's like the YouTube of audio only. And basically, you can get this app for your mobile device and or use the web. And you can just throw an audio clip up there in like five seconds and share it with whoever you want. And it's up there and you can make it private. It's really easy. So instead of going, hi, Pat, this is Jordan, an email, I'd like you to meet this person and CC'd here, da 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 What he does and what I now do is I go, hey, guys, too lazy to write an email, but I figured I would make this SoundCloud introduction and I will send it to you and the other person and I'm just talking. That way, it's almost, it's the next best thing to me getting you two guys in a room and me doing the introduction personally because I can sit there, talk about it. I don't have to think of like bullet points, format it. It lowers the bar to making the introduction and makes it more personal at the exact same time. And so I think it's just like a really cool little hack that probably started off as him being lazy and overwhelmed by introductions and turned into like the new best way to make introductions between two people. Yeah, that's super cool. I really like that. Now let's talk about, sorry, I, I'm just really digging this conversation right now so I can keep it going because I keep thinking of new things that I think would benefit people. Um, sure. In terms of introductions, tell me why people should be introducing their friends to each other. You know, that, that, that could be something that we could all do more of probably, but why should we consider doing that more? You know, it's it's funny because my one of my I hate resolutions, but I guess it's the best word for it is is to introduce as many people as I can to one another. And in fact, I have an assistant whose sole job it is to find good guests for my show and to help make introductions, because I know that if I try to do it myself, I'm going to make just a few. 
he's literally constantly thinking of people that I should introduce. And it's done more for my business than probably any other single uh, smaller sort of project or task. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, I can't get an intro to Pat Flynn because I don't have anything to offer. I don't have enough money to be valuable or I don't have a large internet presence. And they're just, the people that reach out might be like, Pat, help me launch my business. And you go, oh my gosh, there's so many people like that. I can't deal with it all. You point them to some blog posts and some resources because there's a hundred of those people every day. But if a person who doesn't have, quote unquote, anything to offer, keeps going out and networking and meets tons of other people, like say there's somebody that, say John Corcoran didn't introduce us and it was some random person who met you at a conference and met me at a conference. Mm. They might email me and go, Jordan, help me with my podcast. And I would go, okay, I can try. I've got some resources I can hook you up with, but you know, here's the sort of stock post because I get this question all the time. They might ask you for business help and you go, all right, here's the same resources. But if they go, hey, Jordan, you should meet Pat Flynn if you haven't already. I go, oh, awesome. I've definitely heard of you. Thanks, random guy off the internet that I guess I met once, right? Mm -hmm. And so now if he does that two or three times, suddenly I'm like, who is this random stranger who keeps introducing me to very useful, well-connected people that I'm really clicking with. I owe this guy a, a solid. So when that same guy then says, you know what, I don't want to bug you with this, but I'm starting a podcast. Do you have any tips? I'll probably, instead of pointing him to the same old crap, you know, I'll probably be like, you know what, I owe this guy a solid. His introductions have done a lot for me. I'm going to get on the phone with him and help him out with this problem. And it's the principle of reciprocity. Robert Cialdini talks about it in his book, Influence, which is one of the like OG titles on persuasion. Uh, and you can link that up in the show notes if that's the kind of thing you do. It's Robert Cialdini, Psychology of Influence. It's, it's like super, I think I read it when I was 14 and I was like, oh my God, this is fascinating. It kind of opened my world to this stuff. But if you continually do that and you're giving that value that you theoretically don't have, otherwise, it's, a, it's like printing money in terms of social currency. That's what we call it at The Art of Charm. Mm -hmm. Because if, if I want to meet Richard Branson, well, I can't probably just call his office because I'm one of a million people doing that. I don't have enough dough to go to a charity event to hang out with him. But what if I continually sort of network my way into meeting useful people and I find out, oh, he's working on this and this and this? Well, chances are he's such a high profile person. It might be tough to be of use to him. But that doesn't mean that the 10 people that I've met along the way can't help him out with something and who would also probably jump at the chance to give value to somebody like that. And if you do that in business enough, it's perfect. In fact, I can give a real world example of this. Uh, my friend Ben Greenfield, he's a fitness biohacker guru. He's got a great online business and a great podcast as well. He said in a group that we were in randomly, oh, I'm so annoyed a typhoon hit the Philippines, you know, and now my virtual assistants and all my outsourced team is just totally out of commission. This is the third time this has happened. How obnoxious and annoying. I really don't know what to do. And I said, well, I don't know anything about outsourcing. I don't do much of it, but I know Chris Ducker does a ton of it. And he goes, I don't know who that is. So I connected those two. Chris likely has a new client. Ben likely has outsourcers that are typhoon proof and can deal with Western businesses. And now they're both like, thanks, Jordan. So that's a great thing for me to have. Not that I'm sort of keeping score at all, but the thing is, it doesn't really, you don't have to, in fact, don't keep score, but that's a side note. But the thing is, now if I ever need anything, and I ask those two guys for it, they're not going to go, oh, Jordan's always bugging me for crap. They're going to go, yeah, he got me some business or he's the one who got me my VA and I happen to have five extra minutes to help you out with this. 
they would probably help anyway, just based on those two guys and who they are. But if I continually am giving value to tons of people like that around me, there's a good chance they're going to think of me when doing something else. And they're going to take the extra time to hook me up because I'm making that a habit and a way of life for other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and I, so, I agree with that. For sure. That's why it's that's why it's key. I mean, there's just no getting around it. You should hook, hook people up and help people out regardless and as much as you can. And, you know, that's why when people ask me for stuff, I don't blow them off, but I'll point them towards resources and things like that, even if there's hundreds per day. But at the end of the day, with the way that people get ahead that I know of in the internet niche or in any niche, literally anything that I can think of, they're always trying to figure out how can I help you? What can I do for you? And it's almost like an addiction. And when you get to sort of startup levels, high level startups and things like that in San Francisco, you get people giving each other favors and hooking each other up with stuff that you thought, this is insane. Like this startup is going to donate 20 hours a month of their own programmer's time to help me work out a bug in my app for almost no reason, just mm -hmm. because those guys are already on salary and they don't have as much work to do. Why would you do that? And they go, you know what? Someday I might need you to come in and help me my, with my sales team or something. And of course I'm going to do that because I just, they just gave, gave me like 10 grand worth of free services. And I'm thinking that is unfreaking believable. But the fact that it happens more at higher levels shows me that this is a brilliant idea that doesn't expire after you get to be a certain size or your business gets to be a certain size. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should be doing it more if you're not. At exactly. A high level. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not at a high level, you need to be doing it even like make that your job, right? Is to, to help out other people as much as humanly possible. You'll find that this comes back at you so much that you almost have to turn down other people's help because you're getting so much of it because you've given so much of your own right. or or of other people's if you're just making introductions, mm -hmm. which is why that's such a beautiful thing. Because when you're starting out, you might not have the ability to help anybody other than hooking them up with people in your network. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Anne Frank who said nobody, nobody's ever gotten poor by giving. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's completely true. And, and, there's books about that now that are written by by all kinds of people that run nonprofits, charities, and large companies. Mm, absolutely. Hey, Jordan, we're already at the 45-minute mark. I know we were going to oh, talk man. about your business before, uh, but perhaps that just means we have to bring you back on to talk about that instead next time. I'm okay um, with that. I, I'm really happy with where this conversation led, though. Thank you for all the amazing advice. I think this is actually perfect for me as well going into conference season, and this is going to be one of those timeless episodes that people are going to get a lot of uh, a lot out of. Um, so thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Where should people go to get more information about you? I mean, plug as much stuff as you want right now. Cool. Well, I mean, of course, we run our live programs in LA, but here's the thing. You're already listening to a podcast. Check out the Art of Charm podcast. It's all about networking, business, relationships, body language, vocationality, eye contact, the, the way you present yourself, natural charisma. This stuff is, it's free. So take advantage of it. It's, uh, I, I like to think of myself as the pet Flynn of the, uh, charisma world. <laughs> so, but much so, better. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I just came back from a vacation. I think I'm the fat pet Flynn of the charisma <laughs> world. So, so, so yeah, check out the podcast. It's free, you know, and, and I, hopefully it'll lead to a lot of people putting these skills into action. I hope so. Hey, Jordan, thank you so much. Again, that's the art of charm.com or the art of charm podcast.com is that correct yeah or just yeah it is or just search for it in itunes or stitcher or wherever people are listening to shows it should pop up in uh, in the ranks there awesome thanks jordan appreciate it thank you
All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charm, an awesome site and podcast. If you want to check it out, find it on iTunes. Thank you all, of course, for listening to the show and for being so awesome. I mean, the fans out there, to see all your reviews, to hear all the comments about the podcast, it just it just motivates me so much. And thank you again for spending time out of your day to listen and hopefully take action on what you've heard on this episode and all the other episodes you've listened to. If you'd like to get the show notes for this episode and all the links and resources mentioned, head on over to the blog at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 121. And of course, I wanna thank today's episode sponsor, which is 99designs.com. If you're looking to design a logo or even a website theme or t-shirt, you know, whatever you wanna design, if you are looking for an affordable place to get professional design, you gotta check out 99designs.com. I've used it myself in the past for a number of different things. And not only is it cool and you get great designs, but it's fun, fast, and exciting too. I mean, you put out your job description and many designers from around the world will go and compete to give you the design that you want and you pick the one that you want. What's what's also cool is you can get your audience or your family and friends to vote what they feel is the best one so you can be sure about your final selection. So if you wanna give it a try today, head on over to 99designs.com slash SPI and you'll get a $99 power pack of services free today. So again, that's 99designs.com slash SPI. Check it out, you'll love it. I think it'll be fun and exciting. And uh, again, like I said, it's perfect for those of you starting out and who can't afford an individual designer. And finally, if you have any questions, head on over to askpat.com. That's my other podcast where you could check out the answers to uh, questions coming from you. Voicemail questions five days a week from the audience. And uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do every week is to create those answers for you. So check that out. Again, askpat.com. Thanks so much for all your love and support. Uh, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You are what makes this show possible because without you, uh, you know, I'd just be talking to the air and that's weird even though it looks like I'm talking to air now I know that you're out there I appreciate each and every one of you I know that you are not just a number or uh, an email subscriber but you're an actual human being so as a human being I'd love to hear from you comments questions concerns constructive criticisms I love you for it thanks so much and I'll see you in the next episode of the smart passive income podcast peace Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.